my teaching, my values, whatever. Good morning and welcome to Mornings on Main Street, Southern Middle Tennessee. I'm Chris Yao, and I am excited to bring to you today some news from around Southern Middle Tennessee alongside Scott Stewart. So we're going to get you that here in just a moment. We've got a big show lined up for you. You're going to want to stick around for all of it. Right now, though, we, of course, want to get you to your weekly headlines, and we'll do that on The Wrap. Hey everybody, it's Scott Stewart and this is the Pulaski Citizen Wrap for this week, final week of 2023. Mitzi Jones, the Giles County School Supervisor of the Year, is our Citizen Spotlight of the Week and you can see her top and center of the front page of this week's Pulaski Citizen. This week on the front page I have an article that brings us up to date on the lawsuit that was filed against County back in June. The County answered the claims in late June and there has been a case management order put down in the case. Plus, I did a recap of the, of the case all the way from the filing. So that kind of catches us up for the year on that case. Also, I have been wanting to write something this year about what's going on with the Pulaski Citizen and now the Lawrence County Advocate. Uh, you know, of course, the Pulaski Citizen started back in February where we changed ownership and Lawrence County Advocate was purchased by the same company here back in November, uh, Main Street Media, and, and we're so proud to be part of Main Street Media and all that they're doing. And so as I got to writing that, it kind of turned into an open invitation to people in both communities who want to be involved in helping us cover their community. And, uh, you know, we've got all kinds of opportunities. We love to have people involved. And actually, believe it or not, you might make a little bit of extra money on the side. So Make sure you read that column, find out what's going on, what has gone on, what's going on, and what we can look forward to. And we really, uh, seriously, if you feel like you want to be part of our coverage in either Pulaski or Lawrenceburg or both or in between somewhere, <laughs> feel free to give me a call. Everything, all the information is in that order. The school board received renovations updates and recognized Southside Elementary Art students along with their other recognitions. And the Elkton Board of Mayor and Alderman discussed winners in its Tinsel Trail and celebrated the city's Christmas tree recently. Inside, there's a full page ad from MTSU, my alma mater, by the way, and Waves, too, by the way, <laughs> that anyone considering continuing their education, y'all need to see that ad on page A2. Make sure you get a copy of the Plastic Citizen and pick up and check out that ad. And we're still running that Story Lee full page ad that's on the back, that's been on the back of A section. Uh, don't forget to take time to run over there to Lawrence County and check out all the deals they got going on at Story and Lee. Johnny Phelps highlights the open community in this week's Giles Pass. We've got recipe for those Christmas leftovers and for that lucky first meal of the year also. Uh, Obits, backward glances, it's Realtors Week, community briefs, docket property transfers, church page, funny games, a whole lot more in the Pulaski Citizens. You know, we have certainly been blessed as a community here in Giles County, and we here at the Place of Citizen have been blessed to continue to be your community newspaper. So from all of us here at the Place of Citizen, Happy New Year. Back to you, Chris. Thanks, Scott. All right, we're going to go now to Main Street Murray. On the front page of this week's Main Street Murray, we've got several great stories, including uh, obviously some uh, information at the top of the page on our 
big picture there right on the front from Shop with a Cop here in Columbia. A lot of great things happening here in Columbia with the Columbia Police Department, and we are sharing those with you. Also, on the front page, you can find a story about Mount Pleasant. They have now officially put to, together the plan to hire a new city manager for outgoing city manager Kate Collier, who is retiring later this year. Uh, the big story this week across the state and here in Murray County, of course, is the letter grades that have been handed out to schools in the county. 14 Murray County Public Schools were rated a C or lower, and uh, we have a story on that on the front page, as well as comments from local representatives and school members. In Spring Hill, there is a massive project uh, that is taking place in the, on the Murray County side in the Murray County jurisdiction that wants to connect to Kedron Road. Spring Hill Board of Mayor and Aldermen denied that request at its most recent meeting. You can find out why and more about the project on the front page. And a teaser to sports. Mo Patton's got a little bit later for you, but Auden Slaughter uh, put his 2,000th point on the board for the Santa Fe Wildcats. There's a picture of him on the front page as well. There's plenty more inside Columbia State graduation, Cattlemen scholarships, uh, Ollie and Finns that we showed you last week on the show. All of that is coming in this week's Main Street Murray. So make sure to pick up your copy today. All right, we send it back down to Scott Stewart now in Pulaski with more from the Lawrence County Advocate. Hey everybody, it's Scott Stewart and this is the Lawrence County Advocate Wrap for this week, which happens to be the last week of 2023. The kids and deputies like had a ball at the second annual shop with the sheriff here in Lawrence County. We've got photos and a story from our new writer, Carrie Staggs. We want to welcome Carrie aboard. She's doing a great job. Of course, we've already got Sandy Mashburn, who's been part of the advocate uh, staff for a very long time. And then I get to throw in a few stories here and there. So we're, we're building a good staff. We'll talk more about that in just a minute. But she wrote this story on the Lawrence County Sheriff's Department's uh, Shop of the Sheriff. Got some photos and stuff. Great story right there on the front. Check it out. Speaking of new writers, I told you we'd get into it. So let's just go ahead and get right into it. I've got a column this week. Um, you know, it started off as kind of a recap of what's kind of taking place. It's been kind of interesting around here and over in Giles County for a little while now, and uh, especially with the change of ownership and stuff in both places. And so I started that column off to kind of recap all that, and it kind of turned into more of a open call for anyone in either community who is interested in being part of what your local community newspapers are doing. Uh, to inform your fellow citizens and to promote and highlight the, each one of these counties and their towns. You know, we're looking for good people that want to be part of what we're doing, and that's what the column is all about. Check it out. You know, you could just make a little extra pocket money, too. Another great program we have all across southern middle Tennessee, I and I believe maybe in North Alabama as well, is Clothe Our Kids, which started over in, Lawrence, in uh, Lincoln County. Lawrence County's chapter is at the Lawrenceburg First Baptist Church. Find out about the program and what you might be able to do for our Lawrence County kids who need clothing. Also on the front page this week, Lawrenceburg Fire Chief Jay Moore announced the lifting of the burn ban in the city of Lawrenceburg at the last city council meeting. That information and more from that meeting are right there on page one. 
Hey, so don't miss our Lifestyles page. You know, we, we uh, started Lifestyles page a couple of weeks ago, and we're really uh, excited about it. Uh, and we're really looking forward to what we're going to be able to do with our Lifestyles page in the Advocate. Uh, this week in the Advocate, we got caroling at, at the uh, Country Cottage. we got Flower Lovers Club. And Dear Carol's back. Uh, you, you may remember Carol Modlin had a uh, column in the Advocate, and uh, so we brought Carol uh, the Dear Carol column back. Also, our sports page this week uh, catches you up on our local teams, all of our local high school teams, where they were kind of going into the Christmas right. break. Also, in this week's sports page, we got a new feature. It's kind of a, a list of the top scores and top three-point shooters in southern middle Tennessee, so you can see where your favorite player stacks up there. You know, it's all available in this week's edition of the Lawrence County Advocate. We're going to be one day behind in our delivery this week, so be looking for them in stores on Thursday. Uh, but other than that, we just want to wish you a happy new year from Lawrence County Advocate. We'll be right back after this. Having a good confident smile and being able to portray that positivity to others is really helpful. A professional family atmosphere is what we get every time we come here. Our hygienists do a better job at kind of assessing mouths and coming up with plans than most dentists do. They're very kind and they're very aware of other people. I think if there's things that I would want you to leave here with, I want you to feel like you were heard, that we listened to you, and I want you to feel like that your concerns were addressed. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Welcome back. So we are sitting down now with the executive director of A Kid's Place Child Advocacy Center here in Giles County. We have Charlsey Lejean with us. First off, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having us today. And the work that you guys do is, is priceless. Can you share a little bit of A Kid's Place, how long it's been around, and what you guys do every day? Sure. So Kid's Place has been around since 1999. Mm -hmm. We are the Child Advocacy Center that serves Giles County, but also Lawrence, Murray, and Wayne counties. So we cover four counties, um, pretty much the Judicial District of the 22nd Judicial District. So Kid's Place, what we do is 
um, we help families and children when there are allegations of severe child abuse. The majority of our clients have experienced child sexual abuse. Um, when clients get referred to Kids Place from DCS or law enforcement, a lot of time the caregivers, they don't know what to do. Um, their world has literally just been turned upside down by these allegations. And so when they come into our door, um, they are greeted warmly by our advocates. Um, they immediately get that care and support that they need to make it through that day. Um, our, the, the first service that we provide is the forensic interview. And the forensic interview is a specialized interview with the child victim um, to gather as many details about that child's abuse history as we can in a one-time session. So our interviewers are trained to um, really gather those details in a way that's legally defensible. Mm -hmm. um, they're not leading or suggestive or um, anything like that. They're done in a very child-appropriate, child, -appropriate, child um, developmentally appropriate setting so that we can get as many many details as we can. The goal is for that child not to have to repeat their history over and over and over again, which further traumatizes this child. Mm -hmm. They've already been through enough. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one of the things that we do is, is to provide that, that interview for DCS, law enforcement, and the DA's office. Um, then I mentioned our family advocates. They walk through with that caregiver every step of the investigation. So as soon as they enter our doors, um, as I mentioned, they are meted with care and support. They're going to explain the entire process of the investigation, answer any questions. They're going to do crisis assessments, make sure um, that that family has every resource possible to make that family unit stronger before they leave our, our center. Um, and then they're going to provide that ongoing care and support throughout the life of the investigation. Because as we know, these families are in crisis when they walk through our doors. And needs change throughout the year, throughout the week, throughout the day. And so our advocates really stay in contact with the caregivers to make sure that that family has everything that they need. Um, and then we also have therapists on staff. Um, we know that there's a big push for mental health services right now. Mm -hmm. Kids Place has been providing mental health counseling since we opened our doors in 99. Mm -hmm. um, and so our, our therapists work one-on-one -on -one with the children who've been um, impacted by child abuse. And the goal of our therapy program is to reduce the trauma symptoms. So we know that trauma affects every child differently. And so they're going to customize plans, to, treatment plans, to make sure that every child has their, their needs met throughout the, the therapeutic process. Um, we know that we can't erase the abuse. Yeah. The abuse has happened. What we can do is make sure that we equip these children with the resources and the skills that they need to make sure that that abuse does not define them. And so that's really our goal, is to reduce the trauma symptoms that children experience because of the abuse that they've, that they've suffered. You know, you have such a comfortable setting here. How many years have you been in the field, in this field? I have been in the field of uh, child protection and advocacy for 23 years. So in that 23-year period, you know, looking back 23 years ago, the world was a little different. How has it evolved for children who go through such a traumatic experience like a sexual abuse or assault? Wow. Um, First of all, technology's come a long way. Um, when I started this this journey in the year 2000, actually, wow. um, you know, we didn't have the technology that we have today. So we've seen technology. While it's a great thing, it, it provides us avenues for media, for social media, for 
um, really being able to capture um, the child statement even. When I first started in this field, we were still using VHS tapes, you know, and now, and then I saw it evolve to DVDs, and now we do everything digital recording um, so that we can, you know, have that, that the purest form of the, of the disclosure as possible. So we've seen those kind of um, transitions, but then we also see it from, from the abuse side where technology isn't always our best friend. Mm -hmm. So we've seen um, different forms of abuse pop up because of technology, because we all carry smartphones. And so we basically have that computer in our hands at all times. And so when children end up with those devices, it puts them at greater risk for being, um, for being abused. And so we've seen lots of different ways that, that, that have benefited um, what we do and the work that we're able to do. But then also it has opened up a whole new world of um, ways that that children children can be targeted. How can parents or guardians out there? How can they? Um, what? How do they react? So when they have a child or their child or you know the person in their care come to them and say whatever has happened or whatnot, what do they need to do at that point? The hardest thing possible: not ask a lot of questions. Really? And that is really hard. I have children of my own, and it would be very difficult to just step back and say, I hear you, I'm going to make some phone calls. So the, the number one thing that in, interferes with the investigative process is a parent asking too many questions of their child because parents aren't trained to ask those questions the way that we ask them. We're going to ask them very open-endedly so that we get the child's own words without putting influence on what that child says during that disclosure process. And so again, it, it goes against our nature as parents um, and as adults to not be inquisitive or not ask questions. But the best thing to do is is to um, notify the the proper authorities, call um, call DCS, call our local law enforcement, and get that investigation started um, so that so that it can be handled as quickly as possible, but also to gather those statements as quickly as possible too. I feel like I skipped one step because that would be the second step. The first step is that child being brave enough to come out and say, hey, this has happened. Absolutely. What can you say to anyone watching right now or, you know, if they are, they are a younger age right. um, to make them feel, you know, I can, I can say this. I can go right. to an adult to let them know what has happened. It's okay to talk about it. That's the number one thing is I feel like we have not equipped our children. We have not, we have not equipped society in general um, to talk about sex, sexual abuse. Um, it's, it's still somewhat taboo. We're not talking about it. 2023. 2023, and it's still the best-kept secret, right? It doesn't need to be the best-kept secret. Um, that's how we get the awareness out is we know that one in ten children will be will be subject to some kind of sexual abuse before their 18th birthday. One in 10? One in 10 children. And so if you think about that number, it's an alarming number, mm -hmm. but that many reports don't come out every year. Right. I mean, a lot of adults who went through, through some form of child abuse never talked about it as a child or as an adult. And so that's part of our awareness campaign as well. So we know that um, if we educate both children and adults in our community, we automatically produce a safer community. 
And so we have um, a prevention program or a community awareness program where I have an individual who's going into the public school system and educating children um, on body safety. Like how do, how do we keep the child themselves safe? How do they recognize an unsafe situation? And really to be able to equip them with who are the safe people in your, in your life? Who can you identify if something doesn't feel right? Who can they go and talk to you about it? So we're trying to equip children in that way, but then also we're trying to reach the adults as well. And so we also go into civic groups, into community groups, um, into schools, businesses, church organizations, things like that to also um, educate the adults in our community. Because even though if, if an adult doesn't necessarily have children mm-hmm. in their home, you're around children every day, right? Whether it be at the grocery store, at church, wherever you are. And so really kind of prayer preparing them to know what to look for. And so as we educate the adults in our community, again, we produce a safer environment for children to grow up. Um, so that's part of the part of the reason that we do the awareness campaign and the and why Child Abuse Awareness Month is so important is to really get into the community and and educate as many people as we can. Um, statistics show that if we can educate just five percent of the adult population in any given community, we automatically produce a safer community. Chelsea, is there anything else that I haven't? Asked? I mean, there are so many questions. We could talk for a very long time on this topic. Anything else that you can share now with those who are seeing this? Um, just support your children. Um, be aware of, of what's going on in their lives. If you see changes in a child that's in your life, if they start to withdraw from activities that they're usually excited to go to, um, if their behaviors change in any way, um, just check in with them. Make sure everything's okay. Um, that's the number one way that we can look out for children is, is to be aware. Be aware of our kids. Thank you so much for all of this information and again for getting what you're getting out there to parents, guardians, and kids. Charles St. Lejean, the executive director of A Kid's Place. What counties do you serve again? We serve Giles, Lawrence, Murray, and Wayne counties. And for those outside of this particular area, you do have a child advocacy center in your area. Um, and if not, there are resources out there and places you can turn. Again, thank you so, thank much. You so much. Anytime. Stick with us. We have more coming up after this. Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. Welcome back into Mornings on Main Street. It is time now to take a look at sports. We've got Mo Patton from right here in Columbia. He'll bring you a little bit about what's going on this week in Murray County Sports Page. Happy holidays, everybody. This week's sports section of the Main Street Murray print edition includes coverage of a milestone as Santa Fe Jr. Alden Slaughter went over the 2,000-point mark for his career in the Wildcats' 11th win in 11 games. At McEwen, 
Also, we've got coverage of the Columbia Central Lawrence County boys match up in the finals of the Wildcats Invitational Tournament down in Lawrenceburg last week. And Columbia State and first-year baseball coach Desi Ammons will host the Chargers' inaugural first pitch banquet next month. We've announced their guest speaker, when it is, where it is. So all of that is in this week's Main Street Murray print edition. Also, box scores from all of our basketball coverage from last week and this week's upcoming schedule. So be sure and pick up a copy of this week's print edition of Main Street Murray and check out the sports section there. Upcoming in sports here locally, both on the website at MainStreetMurray.com and in next week's Main Street Murray print edition, more high school basketball. We've got invitational tournaments going on. We've got teams going off, and we've got teams playing locally. We've got action at Independence as well as at Richland and at Page. So be sure and check that out again on the website at MainStreetMurray.com and in next week's print edition. Also, big wrestling tournament Saturday, the Battle for Independence at Independence High School up in Thompson Station. About 20 teams there, including a bunch of local folks. So be sure and check that out online and in print next week. Thanks. And now we go down to Pulaski, where Wade Neely has a sports update as well. What's up, folks? Another jam-packed edition in this week's Pulaski Citizen. Wade Neely here, the sports editor. And hardwood, hardwood, hardwood action for our Giles County girls, our Giles County boys, and our Richland boys as well as our Richland Lady Raiders. We'll start with our feature story. How about the Lady Bobcats? Giles County winning a pair of games at home last week. On Monday night, they knocked off the visiting Forest Rockets in a very close game. 47-44 comes down to the wire, and then they follow that game up with a nice win on Tuesday versus a uh, somewhat unusual opponent. More on that in a moment, but they take on the Harriman Blue Devils and GCHS wins that one. So the Lady Bobcats, at that point now, first three wins of the season. If you go back to the prior week, having defeated Mount Pleasant, uh, they followed it up with two games in the Marshall County Christmas Classic. The ladies lost a close one by single digits to Centennial, a 4A program. So Giles County drops the loss there, snapping the three-game win streak, but they bounce back with a narrow win versus Cullioka. So they go one and one in Lewisburg. And they end up uh, finishing the week three and one. So mixed bag of results, uh, but a lot of hardwood action to read about in this week's edition of the Pulaski Citizen. And as always, we have uh, words from our friend Larry Woody. And if you missed any of this in print, you can check it out online, as always, at PulaskiCitizen.com. Wade Neely saying so long for now. We hope everybody had a very safe and very Merry Christmas. And we will see you guys in the new year. All right. Thanks, man. We'll take a quick break when we come back. Weather and more right after this on Mornings on Main Street, Southern Middle Tennessee. They have always met wildest expectations as far as taking care of my teeth and my health. You know, teeth health is very important now to your heart. And I told him one day, I said, I'd love to have nice teeth and nice hair. And uh, he said, uh, well, I can take care of the teeth, but I can't take care of the hair. And I said, you can make my teeth? He said, yeah. I said, well, let's go for it. And he did. And I have been tremendously pleased. Dr. Hart, if you need him at night, he's here. This staff here will take care of you 24-7. You don't have to worry about, I can't get a hold of my dentist. 
my tooth's hurting. No, they will be here for you. And if I could get Dr. Hart to take that same artistry that he has and grow hair, then he would, he would be double rich. Welcome back in the mornings on Main Street, Southern Middle Tennessee. Time now to take a look at weather. We've got our friends at the Tennessee Valley Weather Center down in Lawrenceburg. Take it away. From the Tennessee Valley Weather Channel, this is your weather on Main Street. Good Wednesday morning to you. I'm Kelly Ross and in the Tennessee Valley Weather Center we are starting off a little bit chilly this morning with temperatures in the mid 30s with a mostly clear sky but we will see clouds continue to filter back in later on this afternoon. Overall temperatures will get up pretty warm into the mid 50s across southern middle Tennessee with a wind out of the south. However heading into your Wednesday evening I don't think coverage is going to be quite this intense but a few sprinkles are possible to swing through mainly after 4 p.m. and before 10 p.m here in southern middle Tennessee and then heading into your Thursday we are going to start off the day dry with temperatures close to freezing and then we do have some more precip in the forecast heading into your Thursday and Friday with mainly rainfall at least for your Thursday with a few snowflakes mixed into it and then a mixture of some light rain and snow showers heading into your Friday with little to no impacts expected across southern middle Tennessee clearing out by your weekend with a few scattered rain showers on the first day of 2024. That's going to do it for this edition of Mornings on Main Street, Southern Middle Tennessee. I'm Chris Yao. Hope you guys have had a wonderful, wonderful Christmas holiday and we hope that your New Year's holiday is safe and of course a lot of fun. Don't forget about the mule drop here in Columbia coming up in just a little bit. So again, Mornings on Main Street, Southern Middle Tennessee invites you to come to Columbia, Lawrenceburg, and Pulaski and enjoy all of the fine things we have to offer. Once again, have a great day. We'll see you next week.